When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We're not used to losing. That's the thing. Like when I said, "Oh, um, it's our first loss of the season." You've obviously, you know, pre-season stuff didn't matter. You forget. You're like, "Oh yeah, we're not really used to this feeling anymore." I would, don't, don't want to get used to it though, do we? You build up a tolerance for losing. Do you remember the apathy years where you lose and you just be like, "Well, whatever." Exactly. Now I don't know what to do with myself. Now I've I've got like twitchy fingers. Uh, I'm, I've got a weird feeling in the pit of my stomach. Um, I feel like I've just been dumped or something. Yeah. Or... Dumped in lawns. Yeah, that sounds like lawns. a little a B movie that's in the in the DVD bargain basement at HMV. Crappy Robin Williams film. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. What are you on? Are you on the the? Do you do the non-alcoholics for a loss now? Mm. I tend to do a mostly, you know, win, lose or draw in the week. But I'll let you know, Pete, it's my birthday in about, what are we on, two hours time. So if I crack crack the whiskey out, I mean, I think everyone would say fair play. He's got got jurisdiction. Yeah, exactly. But um, no, I'm sticking to the blues. I'm sticking to the blues. Seeing out your 28th year on a loss. (laughs) <laughs> 28th exactly something like that um agent agent, agent would say my playing range yeah tw- yeah i can play 28 i can get away with that yeah <laughs> nice all right well i think we should uh cut the cut the jibber jabber and um crack in mirror man, mirror man. you twist and turn my mind until i don't know who i am Good morning and welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. I am joined by Johnny Cochran. We have just overseen a thing, a a loss, Johnny, a loss, a a rarity in, in the world of Arsenal. And I feel disgusting. I don't know what to do with myself. But I'm glad I could be here with a group of my online internet friends to talk it through and to try and discuss what actually happened so that I can better uh, compute it. Johnny, how are you feeling right now? Yeah, I know what you mean, mate. We're not used to tasting L. Um, and not that we even want to, want to get used to it. it is what it is. But I think one of the things that we need to be clear about is there is a difference between a loss in the Champions League group stages and a loss in a Premier League that makes it feel right now that if you lose too many, you can get cut adrift because 
you're up against the juggernaut. There is room for error in our group stage at this stage. There is, there has been room for error. Um, and so I can take that on the chin on, in that respect, that we will be able to handle our business as long as we smash teams at our gaff. And nothing I saw today from Lons is make me think that can't happen. And if we pick up a, a, a cheeky point or two away at some other grounds, namely PSV, who we walloped first game. So, yeah, not all losses are built the same, Pete, I guess. That's one thing I'd say. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you on that one. I mean, we've we've uh, we've qualified for the next round with Arsene Wenger having lost the opening three games. So, you know, we're not, we're not in trouble yet. It's just more upsetting that you lose a game like that and... Yes, with the momentum heading into Manchester City, would have been nice to get back on the plane tonight and the players feel on top of the world. And a loss like that puts doubt in the system, especially because we played so many starters um, in that game. So I'm just a, a little bit concerned about heavy legs going into training for the rest of the week. Yeah, no, I definitely think that one of the biggest things that will colour our emotions is the fact that the biggest game... Certainly of the season so far, it may end up being, in hindsight, the biggest game of the whole season anyway is coming up on the weekend. So we went into this game feeling like we had momentum in our, you know, the, the wind in our sails. We haven't lost this year. City lost their last two games. And now suddenly we've, you know, put a bit more life into them in the in a battle of minds, if you like, if you will, because we picked up a first loss and... You never know how that will affect you going into a, a, a Goliath tussle on the weekend. Agree with that. All right, Johnny. Um, doing a hot take feels quite difficult under these circumstances, but I'm going to push the button anyway. Hottest, hottest of takes. takes. Hottest of takes. Three hottest of takes. The AOP hottest of takes. Make it spicy. Johnny, I'm going to go to you for the RC Lance hottest of takes. What you got for me? Oh, you're going to go into me first? Oh, wow. I feel privileged. No one else here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will go with this. I kind of had just been touching on it. Like, um, with the Champions League, and we'd be forgiven as Arsenal fans for being a little bit out of touch with the whole, you know, uh, the whole um, kind of, you know, the, the whole structure of Champions League football again, um, where we might end up going to grounds, that to teams that we would usually feel like we would beat. But you start getting these spiky European atmospheres midweek. And by the way, that was an absolute red hot cauldron of an atmosphere. It looked great, didn't it? All those it flags at the, at the halfway line. Unbelievable. It gave me... Do you know what? It, I, I was reminiscing of um, tyres away at the Mastaya when we used to play Valencia. Very rarely went our way, but those kinds of cauldrons of atmospheres and you're just trying to get yourself through like unscathed. But the reality is, is we've got other games coming up, which we absolutely have to do well in. It shows you that this group might be a bit tighter than what we'd initially kind of thought after the first game. But we really have an opportunity to... Dish out beats to Sevilla. Sevilla at home is an absolute must win as well. We can't flounce that. That's the one thing that would be affected here. I'd expect us to be able to handle Lons at home. We, we very nearly handled them today. Um, and so I am not going to be getting too carried away 
with the actual loss. The biggest headline out of this, and you know, the uh, hottest of takes, if you like, is that we have been using certain players flippantly for a very long time. And there's always been that fear. What if Saka does go down injured? Well, we had a we had a look into the ghost of Christmas future. And if Fabio Vieira is going to be touted as the answer, we're going to be in trouble creatively. So I think my overall, I'm saying that we need to be realistic about what this means. It's not the complete end of the world, but we also need to um, appreciate that you only have a, a certain amount of um, points dropped in the Champions League before it comes an issue. And what we need to do is get back to winning form for the big one on the weekend. Yeah, I think my... I, I mean, I guess it's going to be a topic of conversation. Um, I think it was... I think when you... If you watch that game back, it, it, it was a typical Champions League game, not played at the same pace as a Premier League game. So you your immediate reaction is there's no intensity in the game, even though, you know, we've seen through the years, AC Milan never used to play with much intensity and then bang, you've lost 1-0 um, late on. I felt like that was a Champions League school and it almost felt like, you remember when we got into the Champions League in uh, like 1998-99 season and we just get taught a lesson. and We pretty much got taught a lesson for five years. Um, that felt like one of those, you're in the Champions League now. I was expecting Wahi to go off and pull his shirt up and it say Europa League my ass under his shirt or something like that. Um, I felt like it, it, it just felt like one of those, oh my God. I mean, you look at the, some of the statistics um, for the day and this feels like, you know, Wenger's naivety in the Champions League. 626 passes, at 89% pass completion rate to their 264 passes. Lons are a possession-based team. 264 passes. Stoke do better than that. Um, expected goals 1.2 to their 0.6. Total shots um, 11, six on target. I mean, it was a pretty a pretty dominant performance by most standards, and we come out losing. They scored two goals of 0.6 xg. So it wasn't a terrible performance, but it just felt like one of those all too familiar. Uh, the English boys naive in Europe type performances. And, you know, we are naive in Europe. You know, we're, we haven't been in the Champions League for what, five or six years. And that just felt like one of those days. Um, I'm not concerned because uh, I think PSV are on one point, Sevilla are on two. We're second in the group on three. So no real panic in the system at the moment, but um, a bit of a wake up call. It, it wasn't, you know, I wanted, to, I wanted to say it was a complacent performance. It, it wasn't a complacent performance. <laughs> you know, you've you've done the job. You've done the job. Um, it was just a pain in the ass. So I don't want to go too overboard tonight, but there is something that I will go overboard about, Johnny, and that's the Bakayo Saka injury. Um, like, it, it, it annoys me um, when people who don't really understand how these injuries come about say, well, you know, it's just bad luck. It's like, listen, it, here is what has happened with Bakayo Saka. He's played 85 consecutive games. In the Premier League, Arsenal have not found a suitable backup for him across four separate transfer windows. Reese Nelson is the backup. Mikel Arteta has gone on record as saying players like Bakayo Saka need to play 70 games a season if they want to be at the top level. We know Mikel Arteta loves to train to ridiculously high intensity levels because the players talk about it. And we are three hamstring injuries into a season already. It's October the 3rd. 
it is really difficult to look at anybody else other than Arteta. And you can talk about the increase in injuries that are happening in Europe at the moment. Sure. But you also cannot look away from a young manager who across his three seasons at Arsenal overplays his best players. It is a consistent pattern. Bukayo Saka has had two injuries in the last two weeks. I think everybody was hoping that he was going to get a rest against Lons. He didn't. And we've suffered the consequences, Johnny. Um, what are you <laughs> like? Am, am I losing my mind? Like I've, I've seen people say, oh, it's just luck. Oh, it's happening to everybody. Like, I, I don't I don't think we can be as loose and as, uh, you know, throw away as it's happening to everybody. What do you think? I'm very much, you know, singing from the same hymn sheet as you. The, the reality is, is it was a big gamble playing him. When he went down on the weekend, I'm like, the one thing we're not going to be seeing is him playing out in France this week. The guy, need, if he's if he's fit enough to, he needs to rest up and and um, be ready for a far bigger game on the weekend. And if he's injured, then he definitely, like, if there's any kind of injury, he definitely shouldn't be anywhere near the team. So, you know, you'd like to think it was option A there that he was given the clear by doctors. But as you say, it, it, it's certainly a legitimate criticism that can be levelled against Arteta at this stage. It, and that is managing the health and fitness of some of his key players. There doesn't seem to be a plan in place. And we get it. He's a, He might be, you know, there are others that would be in the, in, the, in, the, in the conversation, of course, but he might be our best player. And so if you're a manager and you know that games hang on fine margins, you would be tempted to play your best player in every game that he can. And let's face it, the likes of Haaland at City, he ain't getting much rest there. You know what I mean? But I think because we look at, uh, and this may be false as well, considering how how Tonk Sacker is actually. You know, he's a lot he's a lot more um, stacked up than what we give him credit for. I think you know a lot of people will look at Haaland and think, oh, that guy's a machine physically; he can deal with it. And Saka seems a bit more slight, so we we always feel like an injury is waiting to happen. Um, and clearly not, because he has played loads of games. But I just think when you look at what has happened over the last few outings, when he's constantly going down, how much more of a red flag do you need as a manager to say, I should probably be a little bit careful here? Because if I don't play him for one game, we might lose the match. If I play him for that game and he's out for three months, we lose the league. So what, you know what I mean? You can lose the battle. It's about the war. And that is something that I think managers start to learn the longer they go on as well. So I'm in agreement with you. I was a bit nervous when I saw him starting and really fucked off when I saw him get injured. And now we're going to wait again going, is he going to play on the weekend? And, you know, would you play him if he's 80%? Because he is clearly, what are you going to Fabio fucking Vieira, right? Wing forward. No, no, thank you very much. We take a busted sacker and hope that he has one of his games. Yeah, they're they're I I'll tell you, I might come out and talk right now, so it might completely contradict me. Um chances are it's a hamstring injury. The way that they were doing the tests is indicative of um a hamstring problem. But the saving grace is he didn't ping his hamstring at speed. So it it could fingers crossed, it, it could just be discomfort, it could be him feeling strain or tightness. Um, so there, there, there is hope, you know, like when, when you have like Michael Owen, 1998 against Argentina, 
pinging it at full speed, you're done. Yeah. But yeah. Um, he he was kind of hobbling around, and that could be um, that could be a different problem. But um, I'm I'm clutching at straws there. You know, it feels like he's been due an injury for a while. I think also the reality of um, this is he's been played so much. The this injury was coming. Like when, when you when you do a soft tissue injury like that, it's um, it's it's wear and tear build up. And Arteta has played this guy over and over and over again. And the, the thing that annoys me, and it's not it's not really the footballing gods. Like Arsenal have control over how often they play Saka, how hard they train him. Um, but what does annoy me is it's like the football gods, they look at our starting eleven and they go, where is the only place that Arsenal don't have sufficient backup? Bang, four-month injury. Every time, every time. It happened last season with Thomas Partey. Um, it's happened with fullbacks that we don't have backup for. It's We never get injuries in the places where we've got enough stock. You know, like there's never an injury uh, drought that's going to cause Smith Road to come in the side. So we'll end up selling him. And it's just it just drives me up the wall. And the the biggest the biggest annoyance out of all of this is it's like Mikel Arteta is going to put a huge amount of pressure on this Manchester City game. You know, he's going back to see his dad and he wants his dad to be proud of him. All of that sort of like weird nonsense that goes on between Pep and Arteta. Why didn't he just preserve? He's never had a good start in eleven for that game. Never. What I just can't believe that after I like. Bukayo Saka's had two injuries in the last two weeks. You should just say, listen, it's not worth it. It's not worth it against Lons. If if Reese Nelson can't play against Lons, why the fuck did I tie him down to a, a four or five year new deal? What are we giving this guy a hundred grand a week if 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 Reese can't cover him? I, it just it just blows my mind. It's like it's a self inflicted wound, and I'm uh, like, I know that there are more injuries in football, but like listen, three hamstring injuries, a groin injury in one of the youngest teams in the Premier League, uh, it's absolutely no good for me. And I've uh, I've lost Johnny from the stream. He must have had a, a birthday internet outage. He is coming back, so don't worry about that. Uh, oh, and Johnny's back. He didn't like being on the right side of the stream. <laughs> See. <laughs> Yeah, that is it, mate. I'm, I'm like, is that how he just wanted th- to bounce out? My cyber thing sway was all off, and now I'm like, get me over there. No, sorry about that. Um, yeah, that was just a bit of technical glitches, but I'm back, and I actually ag- I agree with what you're saying, mate. And look, it is obviously if you it, we talked about this before, particularly with someone like Zinchenko, who I think is a whole other subject we should talk about in this. But um, if you're if you're set up, if you're strategy your tactical approach is like literally you know um dependent on one particular player playing like Saka then you better have a sound backup for him because if that one player goes down it completely changes the whole way that we play if you think about what happened with when Matt Turner was filling in for Ramsdale and you were like no no this isn't just like oh there's a guy who's slightly worse his limitations are preventing us from playing the way that we would want to. And that's when you see someone like Vieira slotting in for Saka, you're like, no, we're not going to be able to play the way you want. So we have to find a solution there. We really do. And um, hope that Saka, you know, can hold up for as long as he can. But I think it's definitely looking like somewhere, something that we might need to invest in in January, That between that and a striker position. Agree. I agree. It's... Um... Who who do you play? Who like the 
Fabio Vieira against Manchester City does not fill me with any sort of confidence. Shall, you know, shall no. I tell you? Shall I tell you what, Pete? Shall I tell you what I've gone for? Emil yes. Smith Rowe. I think it's time. I think stick it's time right. now. I think stick him in because he he's starting to wallop some balls. And I mean, Ooh, I yeah. don't want to, you know, just to, <laughs> I don't want to just like kind of, um, you know, just be flippant about it. When he starts striking the ball, it shows that he's growing in confidence. I've seen something in him recently that just gives me a bit of encouragement. He's not just here to make up the numbers anymore. He wants to get back to where he was. And we so getting on earlier. There's a bit of yeah. faith there, right? 100%, he's not getting six mate. minutes at the end like he was before. Hundred percent. I think he's being considered, and he feels that as a real option now. And it's an it's an opportunity for him to kind of try and make a stake a claim here that he can be a big part of the season. And one thing as Arsenal fans, I think we all understand that the potential with Smith Rowe is unquestioned. And if you were to think of someone who's currently sitting on the bench, who, like, if I was to tell you this happened, someone from our bench started playing and suddenly become one of the best players in the league, I think most people would say Emil Smith Rowe's the guy, you know, from an attacking point of view. Um, obviously, you know, parties coming back from injury and whatnot. But I think that he can blow one of the biggest. So maybe it's time to give him a go. Um, just thinking ahead to Sunday, because we might as well. Um, I think it might go back to a, it's probably got to end up a Harvard's at nine. Jesus on on the wing with Smith Rowe. Like maybe Smith Rowe comes over to the left, Jesus on the right. But I, I, don't, I don't fancy Eddie against Man City either. I really don't fancy Eddie against Man City, but I think that's what he will go with. I think he'll Wait, go wait he went for he went for Harvard's in the Community Shield. Because I know he's going to get eaten by the centre backs. I don't. I don't think he will go for him again. Oh, it's, it's hard. To, it's hard to say. Yeah, you know, you might be right, but I actually got. Well, we'll save that before the uh, for the before the whistle. Exactly. Um, you have to be a Patreon, uh, a patron of ours, to even consume, don't you, Pete? And it's easy to sign up. Let's show the ad. If you're listening to this, we hope you're having a great time and getting all the same fields as a last-minute Reese Nelson winner. If that is the case, you're probably thinking, well, how can I get more of this elite content? We'll wonder no more, people. All you have to do is head over to our Patreon and sign up. For the price of a cup of coffee each month, you can get access to our weekly Patreon-exclusive podcast, ad-free, may I add, and with video so you get to enjoy Pete's female prison haircut in high definition. You can also join our Patreon Discord so you can chat with the rest of the community about all things Arsenal as well as things like ticket exchanges, etc. Go to patreon.com forward slash the Arsenal opinion and become one of our patrons today. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, Ronnie, uh... Johnny, we're going to get into a, a really good pun. Realistically, was it an error? Uh, David Raya uh, played a ball out of the back to Tommy Yasu. It did not reach his man. And from that moment, 
the counter press was enacted. It wasn't even a counter press. It was just a, a a good interception of the ball. Three was it three passes? An unbelievable finish. Do we put that on David Raya? And what do you do about it? Because um, he's got to take risks. Um, that's part of his game. Is it? Do we just sum it up as bad luck, or do you think he needs to get a bit of a talking to on this podcast right now? Um, yeah, I mean, look, I think if this is the limits of where it goes, that people on fan podcasts can be a little bit critical of David Ryder, and I think he's earned that. Um, there's been a couple of bits of distribution which I think fall below the standard. It is that simple. But the reason why I will temper it a little bit is because I think that there are elements of the team, the defensive unit in general, getting still getting used to him. Um, because I think that the errors that he's made, not only here, but obviously um, Tottenham as well, um, with the, uh, the Suns goal, I think there were opportunities to stop the goal happening after the error. It's not like he's, you know, getting twisted up on the goal line and, you know, back healing it into his own goal. There, it's creating panic and it's creating difficult situations, but we can still defend them better. So I wouldn't necessarily say that, you know, these are all, it's all down to him. But that, and I do think the longer he plays with the team, he'll get more acclimatised and he'll start realising what people are capable of and the less errant passes. But the reality is, is, you know, we're playing Champions League football now, mate, and we know that the pressure's gone up and he's made a couple of mistakes in his early days. And all we heard, and rightfully so, is that he was a keeper with great distribution. But so far, we've started to see a few... I don't know if you say causes for concern because I don't think that they're long-term you know, long in the long term, we'll necessarily be worried. But he needs to stop this shit. He needs to knock this on the head right now. He can't be doing that on Sunday. Otherwise, the calls to get Aaron back in the team will be absolutely deafening. Because at the end of the day, love him or hate him, like Aaron Ramsdale had, a, had an odd ricket in him, but he also had some 10 out of 10 games. It was just unbelievable. So I'd like to think that if Raya is going to take Ramsdale's number one spot, he is going to do so by being a clear st- step above um, Ramsdale. And I do think that he's been a little, he's been a bit of an improvement so far, but the more you see little blemishes like this, the more the the, the kind of Ramsdale supporters will say, well, hold up, Aaron can do, Aaron can do that. And you'll probably get slightly less mistakes with his feet. So um, it's definitely something to keep an eye on, but I'm hoping that these mistakes will start to work their way out you know, the, the longer he gets, uh, the longer he plays with his um, his uh, teammates. Yeah, I think we're a little bit more critical of Raya than we would normally be because everybody loves Ramsdale. The Ramsdalians are still a strong unit. They're not dead, Johnny. They're not dead. They're just waiting. No. They're waiting. They're sharpening their, their pen <laughs> and uh, they'll <laughs> jump on any mistake. I, I still think David Raya is the right option. Your, your, your boy... With the uh, with the with the Raya propaganda, Mirage. My rage, yeah, my yeah, rage. Yeah, yeah. I always get that wrong. My rage. Um, yeah, he was basically pointing out that uh, Raya has much better statistics. I still think he's a more calming influence. It's a bit annoying that he's making errors like that. That didn't feel like um, one that should have been made, and you get punished at the Champions League level. And that wasn't 
unbelievable finish. So um, not good, but also not ready to write him off quite yet. I still think he's the better option moving forward, but hopefully there's not an error like that in the system this weekend. Um, um, well done on that pun, by the way. I didn't make enough of it. Realistically, listen, mate, yeah. you're working hard there. You're doing some Thank really you. good wordplay, and I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't pick it out, point it out, and celebrate it. So well done. I'm, I'm loving the work. Thank you. I do appreciate that. All right, let's move on to the next topic. Um, lack of clinicality. Uh, no pun there, just great, great verbiage. Um, Johnny, uh, we had enough chances tonight. Um, we broke through a number of times. We got close to their goal. I think out of our 11 shots, 10 of them were inside the penalty area. Uh, it's been a bit of a theme of this season that we're not really creating enough, but I don't think chance creation was a problem tonight. I think a lack of clinical edge in front of goal was. Um, what did you make of the finishing tonight? Is it Are we just in a bit of a rut? Because, um, you know, six uh, shots on target, you should be doing better than one goal. What do you think? We're getting a little bit into a, a slightly tricky situation, which we have we have done over the years at periodically at different times. But um, the uh, point I'm making is we seem to be slipping into a situation where it's like only certain people can score goals for us. And there can be other people who play well. And don't get me wrong, like last year, we had loads of people sharing the goals around. But right now, you know, I... When I when we're looking for a goal, I really only feel like it's only going to come from a couple of places. I still don't think it's completely clicked for Kai. Um, Martin Erdegaard's been great this season, but can have on games, off games, certainly in front of goal. Um, and for me, it's like if Saka doesn't do it, Jesus is an every other game kind of striker at his best. Martinelli doesn't really score enough to, in, enough at the moment, despite being completely dangerous and Trossard looks like one of our better finishers but he's not always going to be starting and I don't fancy someone like Fabio Vieira for goals and we also know that Eddie is completely hit and miss as well so I feel like the burden is is sitting quite squarely on Bukayo Saka to be the difference in many games Martinelli causing carnage but ultimately Saka Jesus occasionally, or someone like a Trossard, really, those are going to get your goals. And I just kind of feel like we, you know, we we would benefit from having someone who was a bit more clinical up top. Of course we would. But another way of increasing our overall goal output is other people stepping up. And today, the two chances that I can kind of come away from that game thinking they were they would they were slightly they were difficult chances, but you got a score, and that's Tommy Asu's. Because at the end of the day, you're unchallenged. You're unchallenged. You get it on target. It's not the worst miss in the world. You're a right back. You're running on it. You take it sweetly, and the keeper saves it. But you hit it at him. And the other one is Reese Nelson. I expect a little bit more guile on your finishing. And ultimately, it is a good block by the defender. But can you place that into the corner? You know, it's not. Again, it's not the easiest, but it's not the hardest chance in the world. So. Those are the kinds of characters that we will need to lean on at times and go, can you get me a goal today? And unfortunately, they both had big chances and didn't quite, you know, uh, get us over the line there. But this is what happens when we we clearly have quite a big burden on certain players to deliver. If they don't show up, we don't score enough. Yeah, I I need to see players like 
Trossard finishing when they get six, seven yards out. I need to see um I need to see players like Harvard's step up and we can talk about him separately but come on man you played number nine for Chelsea you've got it in you you've got a, go- a goal every other game in Leverkusen where's that player gone and um you know there was one amazing save that Tomiyasu volley they should have got nowhere near that as a volley and you're like you just put that 10 centimeters left or right and that goes in it was a, it was it was a really good save but you're like ugh. um but uh, I don't. I don't know what's. I don't know what's going on in the goal scoring front this season. I, we're creating enough chances, and you know we've seen plenty of Arteta sides that haven't created chances. I remember right at the start when we were really trying to create a deep block system when we were averaging nine shots a game. Um, Eleven shots in a game should be worthy of more than one goal, but people have got to step up, step up because otherwise they're going to be moved on. And Jesus, you know, Jesus doesn't get enough um, focus on his lack of goal scoring. Uh, we all love him in the side. Eddie and Ketty is getting a lot of flat, but Jesus, man, you've got to score more goals. He's such a quality player, and he just can't do it in front of goal. He's got no calmness. He's got no calmness. And if uh, Ivan Tony gets purchased. Uh, in January, there will be no sympathy from me if he's uh, starting number nine. People think that Ivan Tony's being sniffed out because he's going to sit on our bench. You are wrong. You are very wrong. He's coming into that side and he's going to hoover up all of those chances. Um, yeah, so a bit disappointing there. Listen, let's move on to um, a, a difficult topic. And I don't want to keep on talking about it, Johnny, but Kai Harvards, mate, it's not, it, it's not great. <laughs> it's not great. I'm getting like push notifications of those like player rating sites and they're saying three out of 10. Um, He's just not um, a big enough presence on the pitch at the moment. And for 65 million in the Champions League, you know, he's one of probably one of the most experienced Champions League players in the squad. I want to see more of a performance. I want to see more personality out there. Um, It was, it was a very long way from Granite Jacker. Like Granite Jacker was many things. Um, but he could pick the team up by the scruff of the neck in games like that, and he could drive them forward. Wasn't really feeling that vibe out there today, Johnny. Um, it's all a bit safe. Well, well, the one thing I would say to offer a, a, a little bit of a rebuttal on that is, um, you know, you are comparing him to Granite Xhaka there, and I know why you're doing that, like a lot of fans would, but I don't, I don't honestly think that Arteta sees him as a Jack a replacement in any way. So we can't really compare him to a guy who he has no similarities with, like from a game perspective. I personally, the, the reality is he's moved away from Xhaka because Xhaka was getting too old. And, you know, I think he wanted a new challenge. But I think that would Arteta have signed up for another season of what Xhaka put on tape last year? Yeah, he would have if he could have made that work. That was a great a great year from him last year. So holding Kai to those standards is always going to be a difficult bar to reach. But the problem is, is and I don't want to be too negative of him, but he just he's just too he plays on the fringes of the game. And it's not like he doesn't run. I do see him popping up. It's not like he doesn't even make a challenge. I see him putting his foot in every now and then. Not properly, but you know, as much as a player like that would. Um, but there's, I know confidence is hard to gain sometimes, but there's just certain moments where I'm just like, 
why don't you take charge more and do it? Because as you said, you're a senior player here, and Lord knows you cost you cost enough. But um, you know, I I've had big worries about Kai up until now. I've got to be honest, and how he fits in in the overall scheme of how we want to play, it just always seemed like a a, a, a bit of a puzzling signing for me. But I'm actually going to draw on the positives a little bit because I have been banging on him for most of the season. And I would say that I am seeing, though they're small, small signs of improvement with him. I do think he's starting to get a little bit better. And I do think that even that chance he had in the first half, which he took on a volley and like side-footed it, I'd like to see that, you know, just smashed in. That would be amazing. We all would. But players don't just necessarily walk in and start robbing Van Persie in all the time. You work your way up to it. But the fact he takes it, that's where I think... That's where I think he should have his North Star. It is a Van Persie-style player. And that might seem bonkers right now because Van Persie ended up as such a class talent. But Kai has the talent to be someone like that. But he, the, the one thing that someone like a Van Persie always had that was underrated was he had that street fighter element that he used to talk about. I don't get that sense with Kai. And if he could find a way of unlocking that, I think he would have far more chance of, exploding in this Arsenal team. But, yeah, hopefully he, he gets there. I'm just not completely seeing enough at this stage. It is interesting, though. It's like we've got uh, Jesper in the comments saying, I can't really understand what you guys see in Kai. He's slow, weak, and looks disinterested. Um, Midwest, uh, Gunner, Kai equals no aggression. Uh, a lot of people saying that he lacks aggression. And yeah. if, if you speak to, uh, you know, with Anthony, uh, my friend, uh, friend of the show, Chelsea fan. He's like, don't worry about Kai's aggression. He's too aggressive. He gets pulled into um, too many problems. I don't see it as an aggression thing, but I think when he's not scoring goals, people sort of um, reimagine performances and they start picking in holes. Just because you're aloof doesn't mean that you're not aggressive. And I don't. I, um, people say that he's not strong. I'm like, hey, are you kidding? People say he's not fast. He is very fast. Like, don't don't get mixed up in bad performances or it's not even bad. It, it, is, it wasn't bad today. It's just I'm waiting for the, ah, this is Kai Havertz. This is what he's all about. And we haven't had it. He's just kind of slotted in and he's okay. But he, he did have 89% pass completion rate. He created one big chance and he had a shot on target. It's not bang, bang. And I want that from the left side today. It's not James Madison in attack. And that's kind of what I was hoping for uh, a little bit. Uh, you know, we've got some comments coming up. We've got they're live, streaming in live. Apparently, Arteta has told somebody that it does not look good with Bakayo Saka. Yeah. And I'm going to convince yeah. myself all week that, that that he's just gaming this out, but he's probably not. It didn't look, didn't look good from the sideline, but like, let's wait for the scan and see what comes back. Um, but Johnny, do you... Um, I guess there's not really a better option in our squad in that left eight position because the defensive work that he does is really solid. And I don't think we've got a player that can pick up that position and do the same job. It's certainly not Fabio Vieira based on what we saw today. The the main thing or the biggest argument for him would be if Saka is out, then we can't shake up the team too much. We'll end up with like five or six players starting and we've got to keep as much continuity as we can with a forced you know, um, a forced rotation in the form of Saka, one of our key players. And then you're looking around and seeing whether other people can play. 
my my issue is um so basically if Kai does start at the eight, it's not necessarily what I would want to do. You, there, there are there are even you know suggestions of whether you go double pivot pivot against City. Um, you know, which might seem a little bit more conservative, but then maybe you're giving the attacking players a lot more leeway to just go off and just go crazy. But um, if Kai continues to play, I'm going to need to see some goals. It's just that simple. Like I'm going to need to see him knock some goals in, mate. You're getting in too many good situations. I don't think that you bring enough in your overall game to justify holding down that place you know, as opposed to someone like an El Nenny who can just run around and make tackles. I need to see some extra class in there. And for me, you know, he's going to have to do it sooner rather than later. But I think Arteta's hand might be forced by dun, 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 Arteta from constantly playing Saka. And now, because he's injured, we're just going to have to try and be as pragmatic as possible when it comes to that lineup. And I think. Kai may benefit from it. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Kai might play number nine at the weekend. Um, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, maybe that's a bit too much disruption to the start in the 11. Although I do think Arteta wants to be unpredictable against Pep Guardiola because he telegraphed the starting 11 last year and Pep lapped it up and we got absolutely bossed. Um, yeah, but not... Not his, not his finest performance, but not his worst. But I'm just waiting for that big one. Maybe he gets that on Sunday, Johnny. Maybe he gets that on Sunday. Well, um, well, if he did, it would be an absolute launch pad, wouldn't it? it, it yeah. We know it. Not all games are built the same. It's a huge game. And you could absolutely announce yourself in the highest echelons if you launch into a match-winning result against City. He's done them before. He's hurt them before. For him to come out and do it, it would be like, Kai. You know, where have you been all my life? Uh, so, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, we 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 could roll with that. We could roll with that. But it's up to him to do it. Certainly. Well, we will be back for a before the whistle this week. We've got two lined up, Johnny. We've got a free to air. Um, where you're going to get a Manchester City fan to come and chat to us, and we're also yeah, going to do one with me, you, and Matt, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, there's there's just so much AOP going on, and. On the whistle this week for City, I'll be back, but I'm going to be travelling back from Amsterdam, so I will be there on the whistle, but I don't know if I'll be sober. That's all I'm going to say. That's gonna all be, I'm going to say. Yeah, what, <laughs> what, we'll be playing Guess the Substance. I get, I, the yeah, substance. No, we are not yeah. about that on this. This is absolutely, no, it's a clean cut podcast. Of you course, will not be know. eating any cakes unless they're verified. <laughs> All right. Well, well um, you that... know, you're not going to get me here. You're not going to get me saying anything here, Your Honour. Okay. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, Johnny, happy birthday for tomorrow from all of us at the AOP. Uh, thank you to everybody that has been listening out there today. Um, if you like the podcast, um, give us a five-star review. We got a one-star review the other day because we did a Spurs before the whistle and we talked about Spurs. That's how these reviews work, Johnny. People don't understand the formats of the show, but don't worry about it. We're still a fairly good rating. Thank you to everybody that signed up to Patreon in the last month. There's a, there's a whole bunch of new people. Patreon.com forward slash the Arsenal opinion, just £3.50 a month. Um, we'll be back with uh, two more podcasts before the weekend. And then 
we've got to pray to the footballing gods because we need to turn something in against Manchester City. But just remember this, we will be there, uh, lose, draw or win. And I'm feeling like we're due a win and Manchester City are not in good shape. So uh, I guess on that note, Johnny, unless you've got anything else to say, I'll say ciao for now. No, big weekend coming up and I can't wait to experience it all with you guys. Ciao for now. Podcast Network.